Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Pinchas. Parshas Pinchas, according to the Chinuch, contains six positive mitzvos. And I really believe that it's not just coincidental that we read Parshas Pinchas in the three weeks. The time that we are remembering, especially the fact that we are devoid and without a Beis HaMikdash, and in Parshas Pinchas you have the Korban Tamid, the daily offering which was brought every single day, including Shabbos Yom Tov. You have the um, mitzvos of inheritance, talking about inheriting in the land of Israel. You have uh, the mitzvah of shofar, and the parsha itself is to be uplifting to the Jewish people. The book of Bamidbar is called Sefer HaPikudim, the book of counting. Why? Because the book begins in the very beginning of Bamidbar with counting the Jewish people, and in this week's parsha as well, in chapter Chavav 26, you have again the counting of Israel. But I'd like to point out something which is rather unique to this parsha, and something which I think we don't focus and give enough attention to, and that is the following. We're familiar with counting the people as a whole, and so the Torah tells us earlier that there were approximately 603,000. Now, at the beginning of the book of Bamidbar, we count the Jewish people by tribes, by Shvatim, and we're told how many there were within each tribe. In this week's parsha of Pinchas, in addition to counting the people by tribe, there's an additional ingredient which is found, and that is by family. You have, for example, starting with Reuven in Shani. He's Bechor Yisrael. This is Pasuk 5 in chapter 26. So the Torah tells us, Bnei Reuven Chanoch, Mishpachas HaChanochi, the family of Chanoch, Lefalu Mishpachas HaPalui. And the Torah goes on this way within each of the tribes. Now, what's the significance of counting the people in accordance with their families. So Rashi tells you on the spot, and I'll translate just to save time, because the nations would humiliate the Jewish people and say, come on, do you really think you can trace your ancestry by their tribes? Come on, don't you realize that since the Egyptians had control over the bodies of the Jewish people, certainly they had control over their wives. And therefore, there's a lack of purity within the Jewish community. And therefore, says Rashi, God literally placed his name with each of the families, namely the hay at the beginning of each family, the letter He, and the Yud at the end, 
Hey and Yud, these two letters spell the name of Ka, Yud K, which is one of God's name. And Rashi then quotes the Pasuk from Tehillim, whereby David HaMelech says, Shifte Ka, literally the tribes of God, Edus Yisrael, that the tribes of uh, come on, and this is found in Tilim one twenty two Pasuk four, literally the tribes of God Edus Yisrael, God himself is giving testimony for Israel that the tribes are in a state of purity. Now, what's interesting and as a quick aside is that the name is reversed. If it's the name of God, which is Yud, followed by a He, why by each of the families is the He at the beginning and a Yud at the end? And Rab Galinsky Shlita, in his Sefer, the Higadita on Bamidbar, quotes the Maskil Ledavid, who says something very sharp. The Gemara in Sota 17a teaches in the name of Rabbi Akiva that Ish v'isha, man and woman, zachu, if they have merited to live a proper life together, shechina b'neihem, then the divine presence resides between them. Why? Because, continues Rabbi Akiva, God literally split his name between them. He took the Yud of his name and he put it in the word Ish, Aleph Yud Shin. He took the He of his name and he put it in the word Isha, Aleph Shin He. And if Lo Zachu, if man and woman do not live harmoniously together, then what is there? There's Ish, there's fire, the Aleph and the Shin, without the Yud from the Ish and without the He of Isha, all you have is Ish, fire, then the fire consumes them. God removes himself from them. However, if they are living harmoniously together, then you have the name of God between the hay of woman and the yud of man. Therefore, suggests the Maskila David very possibly that it's the woman's influence, the hay coming from the woman, which is so significant in giving the tone to the home and especially to the family unit that we're going to be speaking about. The Torah has the Jewish people counted by families, the Mishpachosam. Now listen very carefully. I'm going to quote from the Yerushalmi in Moe Katan, chapter 3, Halacha 7. It speaks about Lo'aleinu, if someone dies within a family. So what does the halacha teach us? That if a nolad zacha ha-mishpacha, if a baby boy is born during that year, nisrapa kol ha-mishpacha, the entire mishpacha is healed. What's the significance of what the Yushalmi is teaching? They're teaching us that just as there's a unit of Klal Yisrael, the Jewish people, there's a unit 
of a shevet, of a tribe. There's also a unit of mishpacha, a family. And each member of the family of the mishpacha contributes. Every mishpacha has its own character. There are some mishpachos, some families that are more Torah-oriented. Others are more chesed-oriented. Others are more avoda, more spiritually oriented. The idea that some families are more intellectual, some are more emotional. You have so many different types, but each family has its own character. And the essence of the character of the family is so significant, both in a positive way, as well as, unfortunately, in a negative way. In a positive way, we find the following. The Gemara tells us in the fourth chapter of Brachos that when Rabbi Gamliel was removed from office, who did they put in his stead? They put Rabbi Eloza ben Azario. And the Gemara says, why? Because, number one, he was a Chacham, wise man. Number two, he was Asher, he was wealthy. And finally, who Asirli Ezra. He was a tenth generation from Ezra. He came from a special family. He had an obligation to live up to that which the family stood for. Be careful. You don't want to betray. You don't want to bring a bad name to your family. There's a certain pride that should come from the family. You have it as well in a very subtle Rashi found in this week's parasha. After Moshe sees that the daughters of Tzlavchad get their request from Hashem in terms of getting inheritance, so Moshe asks for uh, that his children it's not explicit, but Rashi brings it that he wanted his children to succeed him. Hashem says, no, I've got a different idea. I want Yehoshua. But then, interestingly, if you look in chapter 27, Pasuk 21, so the, the Torah tells us that after Moshe puts his hands on Yehoshua, and he's designated him, so what happens? That He's to stand before Elazar Kohen and for the purpose of inquiring of him right through the Urimitumim part of literally the uniform of the Kohen Gadol. Now, what is this? A uh, picture moment that the new leader is standing with the Kohen Gadol. That's not exactly how Rashi sees it. Rashi says the following. Interesting. Come on. You, Moshe, wanted that the successor should be somebody from your family. You didn't want the honor and the next leader to leave the family of Levi. Therefore, what am I doing, says Hashem, consoling Moshe somewhat, that even Yoshua, the new leader, is going to need Elazar, your family. The idea is that family does play such an important role in shaping character of each of the members of the family. And 
Interestingly, what do we find? Ouch! At the very end of the Gemara's Sukkah. So, unfortunately, it speaks about there were 24 families of Kuhuna and Mishmaros and watches, and they went in a rotation, and it speaks about, unfortunately, how the Mishmar of Bilga was penalized. Why? Because of a woman, Miriam, who came from this um, Mishmar of Bilga, and the Talmud asked, oh my goodness, because of one person, we should penalize the um, the entire uh, watch the entire community. So Abaye answered and said, "Listen carefully, Shusa Dianuka Bishuska, that which a child says in public, O Diavua O Diime, usually expresses the views of either the father or the mother. In other words, we are influenced." by the home, by the family, either in a positive way or, ouch, the other way. And I have to tell you, this is halacha. This concept of, quote, charity begins at home is a Jewish concept. You find this in the Torah. The Torah teaches us in Parshas Re'ei of the hierarchy as to who gets first charity, and what does the Torah say? Ki evyon. Should there be an impoverished one amongst you? Me'achad Literally, from amongst your brothers, they come first, family. Be'achad she'orecha. In one of your cities, that comes first. Ba'artzucha. In your land, your land, the land of Israel comes first. And our rabbis tell us that it's not just literally ochicha, but as the prophet Yeshaya says in chapter 58, Pasuk, Seven, umipsorcha lo tisalein. Literally, from your flesh, from your family, from not only your immediate family, but cousins, uncles, aunts. And oftentimes, let's be honest, it's more challenging to be benevolent to within the family than it is from without. The Torah is calling upon us to realize how significant and how important family is, and especially how I, I know too well as a rabbi how too often there is discord within families. Some person says something, and instead of taking the lesson as found in the Gemara Chulen, and being bowling piv, and just be big and keep quiet and let it go, no, one person answers, and that's how, fam- that's how uh, uh, disputes you know, grow and develop, and unfortunately it can lead to very serious, dire consequences of great stress. Instead of families appreciating the unbelievable opportunity that they have today to have grandparents, something which was not a very common occurrence two generations ago for sure, it's an opportunity and a charge that the Torah is telling us that as it was in the days of when we began Klal Yisrael, so too we are to recognize the significance of. Let me close by just reminding everybody, the Gemara says this world is like a wedding. 
Think about it. Your wedding starts at whatever time, and it goes for several hours. It's called for even 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock. And by the dessert, most of the people have gone home. But especially after that, in the last dance, when it comes very late, who's left? Look around. That's right. Your family. Your family is most important. And that's what we are to remind ourselves from this week's parsha, the great significance of the Mishpacha. I just want to remind everybody that next Friday is Rosh Chodesh Av. You have to stop eating meat next Thursday night, uh, approximately with Shkia, which is about 8.08. And I hope we won't have to, but if necessary, we'll do the laws of the nine days next Friday. Shabbat Shalom to all.